0: We heard the prophet Zechariah give us these words this morning. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and brings salvation. He is humble and is riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Amen. My dear fellow saints, Catherine Kuntz took her final steps on Monday morning as she rushed down the hallway she probably realized that they very well could be her last steps. Catherine Kuntz was the headmaster at the Covenant School in Nashville. Uh, She was on a Zoom call in her office when she heard the first shot. She immediately ended her call, got up from her desk, left the office, and headed straight toward the shooter. As headmaster, her preparation with her staff on active shooter protocol saved numerous lives because the children and the classrooms were locked down. But also as the headmaster, she personally saved lives as principals and parents and headmasters will do. She went to protect the children. Jesus took his final steps toward his death, A death that would first lead him into Jerusalem. Jesus taking his final steps to Jerusalem meant that he was riding on a donkey, which then fulfilled the prophecy. Matthew tells us exactly this in his gospel. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king comes to you, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. It appears that Matthew is giving us a two-for-one prophecy bargain with this prophecy statement and his careful observation of it. He hints at Isaiah's prophecy 700 years before Jesus entered the holy city on Palm Sunday. Look, your salvation is coming, Isaiah said. And then he adds to that Zechariah's very clear prophecy 500 years before Jesus rode a donkey, the colt, the foal of a donkey. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and brings salvation. He is humble and is riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus rode into Jerusalem like he was a king who was victorious in battle with a crowd shouting his praise. Jesus clearly understood the message that he was portraying with his chosen and prophesied mode of transportation. You see, in the near ancient Middle East, kings would ride a war horse into battle. But then they would, these leaders would ride a donkey in times of peace. The donkey visually told the people that the enemy had been defeated and that every threat had been put down. A war horse was no longer needed because now there was a time of peace. Consider Absalom's conspiracy to make himself king instead of his father David. It's written, after this, Absalom acquired for himself a chariot, horses, and 50 men to run in front of him. And then compare that with David, appointing his son Solomon to be the next king. It says, the king said to Zadok, the priest, Nathan, the prophet, and Benadiah, take your Lord's servants with you. Have my son Solomon ride on my own mule and bring him down to the Gihon Spring. And Zechariah is prophesying this peace with the king, riding a donkey. He continues with his prophecy. I will cut off from the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bull will be taken away and he will proclaim peace to the nations. His kingdom will extend from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. See, your king comes to you. Notice. You don't come to your king. You won't come. You are unworthy. Your sins have separated you from your God. You are afraid. You know that your sins deserve punishment, both now and for eternity. You are filled with pride. You know that you're wrong, but you're too stubborn to admit it. You know that you are unwilling. You know how much damage your sins are doing to you and in your relationships with others around you. And yet your sins are too fun to give up. You won't come to the king. But you also can't come. You can't come because you are dead in your sin And corpses don't move on their own. You can't come because by nature you are an enemy of God. You want nothing to do with God or following his holy will. And so your king comes to you. He is righteous and brings salvation. You don't make yourself righteous. You don't make Jesus your king or your savior. He does those things all on his own without any help from you. He is God from God, light from light, true God from true God. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And yet, and yet he rides humbly into the holy city on a beast of burden. For five days later, he will then walk outside the gates of that holy city, carrying the burden of humanity's sins upon himself. Humanity that has run away from him in unbelief, that have scorned his love, persecuted his prophets, have created idols of their own making to serve and worship. And still, Jesus will bear the burden of the world's sins because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. This great king comes into this great city, and he could have come with almighty power and awesome glory. He could have come riding a fiery chariot with a, uh, being accompanied by legions of angels. But look at how he comes. He comes as the Son of Man. He doesn't come riding a fiery chariot, but on a lowly donkey. He doesn't come with a procession of angels, but he comes with a procession of 12 disciples who often faltered in their faith. He doesn't come with the praise of all of creation. Instead, he comes with the praise of these Pass over pilgrims who had gathered in Jerusalem. So why does he come so humbly if he's such a great king? Peter te- or Paul tells us in our epistle lesson, he emptied himself by taking the nature of a servant. When he was born in human likeness, and his appearance was like that of any other man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus comes humbly because he does not come to rule us, but to save us. He does not come to command us, but to invite us. He does not come to demand anything from us, but he comes to give everything to us. He comes to us because we cannot and we would not come to him. And so he comes to us in the name of the Lord Jesus comes to us by first taking his final steps that led into Jerusalem so that he could also receive praise. We love to praise people. In a few weeks, we'll have our WS Grandparents Day, which means that grandparents are going to be on our campus in order to be there and listen to their grandchildren and then give praise to their grandchildren for their accomplishments. We praise the Brewers because they won their first, day, their first game on opening day. So at least for one day, they were in first place. But the praise goes all the way down to the little guys as they're playing t-ball. As Jesus entered Jerusalem, we witness an enthusiastic crowd whose voices were filled with praise. They aimed their adoration in the right direction. It ascended to, God's, to God through the sun. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they praised their king with cut palms, borrowed coats, and loud voices. Matthew reports, A very large crowd spread their outer clothing on the road. Others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them out on the road. The crowds who went in front of him and those who followed kept shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna is a Hebrew word that means save us now. This is a great word that should have been on the lips of those people. They needed a fervent plea as sinners. They needed to be crying out, Lord, save us now. But what about you, fellow Palm Sunday saints? What is your praise of your king like? Is your praise more dirge-like than a shout? Are you excited to follow your Savior through this long, difficult, holy week of Palm Sunday worship? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then again on Easter Sunday. Or is all of that too much to ask from you? Is your praise silent? Are you afraid of talking about Jesus in public because of the vile and vitriol and violence that will come your way as an outspoken disciple of Christ? Is your praise absent? Are you infrequent at worship at the Lord's table in God's house? Hosannas should come daily and weekly from our lips. We need to cry out, Lord, save us. Save us from our dirge-like worship. Save us from our silence. Save us from our absent worship. Catherine Kuntz, the headmaster at the Covenant School, was a hero. Evelyn Decos, a nine-year-old girl who was attempting to pull the fire alarm to stop the mass murder and was killed while doing it, she was a hero. The two Nashville police officers that rushed headlong into the building to neutralize the mass murder, they were heroes. They all deserve praise for their heroism. Jesus came as a conquering hero. He came to win a victory. Not over an earthly prince, king, or government, but over Satan, who is the prince of this world. His battle was against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Jesus took his final steps that led to Jerusalem so that he could go to battle against the devil and crush that serpent's head under his heel. He took his final steps that led to Jerusalem so that he could go to war against sin and then take his father's wrath upon his holy back. Jesus took his final steps that led to Jerusalem so that he could go to die on the place of the skull, be buried in a tomb, and then take his first steps away from the tomb. Jesus came as a hero so he could take down the mass murderer of the devil. He walked headlong into Herod's hatred, the devil's desert temptations, Judas' betrayal, Peter's denial, the Pharisees' criticisms and mockery, Pilate's cowardice, and all of humanity's crimes. He fought off every one of our hellish enemies that desired our eternal destruction. Jesus wrestled the victory away from the devil. He took the sting of sin upon himself, and then he defeated death by turning it into nothing more than a nap for his saints. So Jesus deserves a hero's welcome for what he accomplished in Jerusalem. A hero's welcome that Palm Sunday, this Palm Sunday, every Sunday in God's house and every day in your house. He deserves your hosannas, hallelujahs and amens. This week, we follow Jesus and his last few final steps. These final steps that led him into Jerusalem. These final steps that led him to the upper room. These final steps that led him to the place of the skull. And then his first steps that led him away from the tomb. Amen.